Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the blessings of this past week. Thank you, Lord, that we can come and study your word once more. We ask that you would please be with us. Bless us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to understand this parable that we're about to study. And may your Holy Spirit not just give us understanding, but to give us conviction to act upon the lessons that we'll learn today. Thank you, O Lord, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the title of our parable today is entitled, Asking to Give. Asking to Give. And what is the background of this parable? Before we look at the parable itself, what was the reason that Jesus was telling this in the first place? Well, in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. As Jesus was praying, the disciples must have been must have overheard his prayer and must have been impressed by it. So they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Jesus then launches into a familiar discourse. What is it? Luke chapter 11, verses 2 to 4. And, he, and it says here, And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, as in earth, so in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Friends, it is that famous prayer that has been heard around the world, the Lord's Prayer. The version that we're most familiar with is actually found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. However, let's go to Matthew to see a few tips that Jesus gave the disciples on actually how to pray. In Luke chapter, pardon me, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, the Bible says this, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Friends, what does the Bible say there? We should not use vain repetitions. What does that mean? Don't just keep repeating the same prayer and the same words over and over again without any meaning and without any thought. Many people repeat the Lord's Prayer verbatim, word for word, sometimes without much thought at all. It's just become a form to many of us. But not many of us actually pause to think of the enormity of the words that we're actually saying from Scripture. Now, we aren't going to go into the details of the Lord's Prayer as we actually have a study on this prayer itself in a different series called The Mount of Blessings. But if we truly pray this prayer as it is and understand it at a deeper level, I believe our lives would be very different. We would be seeking for God's will instead of our own. However, this is not the main point of the lesson. Jesus then, after this, gives the parable 
the parable that we'll be looking today to illustrate about prayer. So let's go to Luke chapter 11 and verses 5 to 8. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he shall say from, and he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. So friends, what is this parable about? A friend goes to another friend and he's going to ask food from him. And it's not just any ordinary time, you know. It's midnight and he wants three loaves. But why? He has a friend that has come to him and he has nothing in his house to feed him with. Now, how does his friend respond though? You see, eventually he gets up. And even though his children are all in bed, he gives them what he needs. Why? Notice that it says there in verse 8, it is because of his what? Because of his importunity. Did you see that, friends? Importunity. This is one of those words that we feel we know, but we actually don't. We know that importunity sounds bad. It sounds like the word unfortunate, right? So because of his unfortunate circumstances, the other friend feels sorry for him and gets up and gives the bread to him. But that's not actually what the word importunity means. When you look up the word importunity in the concordance, you will actually find it to mean shamelessness. It means that because his friend kept asking and was persistent and was shameless about asking, he ended up giving it to him. Now, how did we know that he was shameless? He came at midnight. He wasn't shy about the time as to how late it was. He just came anyways. And even though his friend responded negatively at the beginning, telling him it was late and all his children were in bed with him already, he was still persistent. He was shameless in asking. He was desperate. Do you see that? So now who does this person represent that's knocking on the door of his friend's house? Well, that's simple, friends. That represents us as human beings because we are the ones that need to learn the lesson of shameless asking. It is one that is a Christian because remember that Jesus is teaching them about what? About prayer. So friends, we need to learn to be persistent, to be shameless, not be shy about asking God for things. But notice, he wasn't asking for himself, was he? He wasn't asking for the benefit of himself. He was asking for the benefit of a friend that had come in unexpectedly to visit him. Maybe sometimes when we ask for ourselves, we would feel a bit shy and, and, and can bear to wait until the next morning to ask our friend and disturb them, right? But for the sake of his friend, he was willing to be brave to ask someone so late at night for food. Now, who is the neighbor 
with all his children asleep. It represents God. And we know that God will not turn us away like like that neighbor that we see in the parable. But you see, God, he's trying to fit into this human story somehow. The focus is really the other friend that is shamelessly asking for food. He is the main focus of this parable. And eventually this friend, he gets up and he gives him all that he needs. And friends, God is like that as well, isn't he? Who does the hungry friend represent though? You see, friends, he represents those that are hungering for the bread. What type of bread? Well, let's start with the physical first. You see, there are many people out there that are hungry, that are starving, that are just simply not as well off as we are. But I want you to notice that this person, that he has come and he doesn't have any bread either. So so his friend comes and he doesn't have any bread to give him. He has to go to his friend to ask him of bread. Friends, did you know that God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others as well? This really is the essence of the Abrahamic covenant. Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 to 3. Let me show you there. Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Do you see that, friends? God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to everyone else. God does not give us food and riches in abundance simply to live a better life than everyone else and at the expense of everyone else. It doesn't mean the rich man shouldn't buy a Mercedes or a BMW. It it doesn't mean that the rich man shouldn't live in a penthouse or a a 10-bedroom mansion. But the question is, how much of what you own ends up as a blessing to other people? What proportion of your wealth goes out to touch the lives and uplift the lives of those around you? Or are you simply hoarding your wealth? Maybe some of us, we we, we are poor because all we care about is our own lives and our own comfort and our own wants. And so we don't ask God for, for more because we are ashamed to bother Him. We know that it's a selfish motive, asking for ourselves. But when our focus is on others, that's where we can have more courage, have more shamelessness, in asking big things from God, no matter the time or inconvenience to Him. You see, it's not just simply physical bread, though, that this parable represents about that that friend going to ask his other friend for bread. What does bread represent in the Bible? Well, this is an easy text. We are familiar with this. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
Friends, what does that bread represent? It also represents the Word of God, the Bible. This friend is asking for more light and understanding about the Bible because he wants to go out and share it with his friend. Could it be possible that so many of us, we are spiritual dwarfs because all we do is live for ourselves? We never grow in grace because we don't see the need to. But all of a sudden, someone comes to us and asks us a Bible question or asks for Bible study. Then we see how little we know and we go and beg Jesus for help. And God, He delights to ask, answer these sorts of prayers because it comes from a heart which understands its heartfelt need. Friends, how do you pray? Too often our prayers are centered around our own lives, isn't it? God, please help me with my exam. Please help me with my business deal. Please help me with my marriage or relationship. Please help me earn more money. Many of us are so focused in the prayers that we pray, we're so focused on ourselves. But when is the last time that you have prayed a prayer for someone else, for their blessing, in which you don't have any personal or vested interest, which has nothing to do with you or won't affect you in any positive way whatsoever? A prayer for a blessing for someone else. This really is the big picture of this parable. We ask God for blessings so that we can be that blessing to someone else. But why does God seem like He doesn't want to give it to us, right? Why, why do we have to beg, it seems? Why do we have to be shameless in asking? You see, friends, He wants to try our patience. He wants to see how bad we really want to be a blessing. How desperate do we want it? How desperate are we to get this so that we can give it to other people? I'm sure if you're like me, our prayers usually are not so desperate for others unless it's for family or our best friends, right? It's people that are close to us. You know, when we keep repeating what you want, what we want when we're desperate, this is different to a vain repetition. Why? Because you see, vain repetitions have no meaning. We just repeat it because we've said it that way a thousand times and it's just become habit. But shamelessly asking until you get it is with a purpose. It's not a vain repetition, even though you, you repeat that prayer over and over again. Friends, it's a desperate cry for help. And you won't let go until God answers. You won't let go until God blesses you because no one else can fulfill that request. Have you ever asked God like this before? Asking God for help so that you can be a blessing to someone else. Yes, it's, any, it, it, it's just like begging. That's what shameless asking is, friends. God, please help me. And we have no shame in asking God, but we're we're begging. We are desperate. You see, friends, George Mueller, 
he was a man of faith and prayer. I've read his, I've read his book about his autobiography and I just, I just watched a little documentary on his life with my family this past week and it reminded me, you know, he learned that lesson of shamelessly asking God for help because in his lifetime, it was estimated that he fed, he housed, he clothed, and he educated over 10,000 orphans. Can you believe that? He was brave to ask God because he knew that it wasn't for a selfish purpose. So he wasn't shy about asking. Maybe we see so few miracles in our own lives because all we do is ask for our own selfish purposes, that we can consume it selfishly in our own lives and for our own benefit. You know, friends, maybe so many of us, we we don't accomplish much because we are not asking to be a greater blessing. Many of us, maybe we, we ask God for a lighter load. We ask Him, God, please, Help me not not to have to work so much so I can uh, and uh, still earn as much money to to support myself. We we aim for a low aim. But whereas sometimes we get stressed, we're put in situations where our time and our resources and our mental ability is stretched. And so we ask God, God, I need help. Please help me get through this. I have to do this no matter what. And God blesses. And we grow as a result of that, friends. God wants to bless us so much. And He probably wants to make us more men and women of God, greater stature, greater ability, if we would just learn to be a blessing for somebody else out there. You know, friends, I want you to consider something else as well. The person asked for how many loaves of bread? Three loaves, right? Can you think in the Bible anywhere where it talks about three pieces of the Word of God? Where do we see three portions of God's Word in the Bible? The three angels' messages in Revelation chapter 14. Also, what time did the friend ask? At midnight, right? What do we understand about midnight in the Bible. Well, let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 25 and verse 6. Matthew 25 verse 6, the Bible says, And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Friends, what is this? This is the midnight cry, the time just before the second coming of Jesus. And this parable is very much related to the day and time in which we live. So what's the main lesson? We must learn to shamelessly ask, especially if we are to hasten and bring in the second coming of Jesus. However, the lesson is not yet finished. Jesus has yet a bit more to say after he finishes the parable in Luke chapter 11. Let's keep going. Luke 11 verses 9 through 12. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, 
will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? And so here we see that Jesus continues on his discourse. He's not done about teaching about prayer to his disciples. You see, there are parts of these verses that that we're familiar with. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you, right? However, there is one word that keeps repeating over and over again throughout these verses. What is it, friends? It's the word ask. It is repeated in every single verse. Ask, ask, ask. We must shamelessly ask. Do you see that? But what should we be shamelessly asking for? Well, Jesus is not done. Luke 11 and verse 13. If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more Shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Friends, what should we be doing? We should be shamelessly asking for the Holy Spirit. You see, here's the big picture. Three pieces of bread represents the three angels' messages in Revelation chapter 14. Midnight is the midnight cry, calling people to be ready for the second coming. And we should be asking for the Holy Spirit. We should be asking for for the latter rain to come down upon us so that we can preach the gospel with power and be a blessing to the whole world. After all, Matthew 24 verse 14 says that if we preach the gospel to the whole world, then the end will come. Then Jesus will come. If we are to be ready, friends, if we are to expect God to pour His Spirit upon us, we need to be asking shamelessly, non-stop, persistently, desperately. Many of us, we don't know how to pray. And it's not because we don't know really how to pray. But we either don't mean it or we just don't do it. If we are to pray for God's kingdom to come, for the second coming, for His will to be done on earth, just like it is in heaven, we must learn to ask shamelessly, to keep asking. You see, in John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Friends, Jesus said that we would do greater works in the last days than he himself has done. Why? Because he would go to the Father and ensure that we can do it. But friends, how? How can Jesus ensure that we would be able to do it? John 14 and verse 13 to 14. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, Jesus says, I will do it. Do you see that, friends? Jesus said that whatever we ask, He would do it. Nowadays, the way we apply this promise, though, is we ask help in our studies. 
help in our work, help for our finances, help to find a life partner, help to get a good deal with our car and our house, help for many things which in and of itself is not wrong, but it seems that the reason Jesus' kingdom has not come is because we are praying for all the wrong things and we're not learning to shamelessly ask for the one thing that will help us finish the work on this earth, the one thing that God and Jesus guarantees He will give us if we simply ask. Many of us, we shamelessly ask God to bless us with riches and wisdom. We'll beg. We'll find it hard to to beg, but we find it hard, pardon me, to to beg for for the one thing that Jesus has absolutely promised and guaranteed He would give if we learn to ask. What is it? John 14, verses 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him. But ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Friends, what is it? We must learn to ask for the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the greatest blessing that Jesus can give us today. Let's learn to pray for the Holy Spirit so that we can do the work of God today, that His will would be done on earth just like it is done in heaven, which means that work must begin with us today, friends. We must learn to shamelessly ask for the right things for His Holy Spirit. You know, friends, in closing, let's read the following passage found in 2 Kings chapter 2. It's a story, a story about Elijah and Elisha. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And the sons, and Elijah said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elijah, Elisha, pardon me, and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. Friends, this is the chapter where Elijah is taken up to heaven. Word gets out that he'll be going to heaven. And he was in Gilgal and he goes down to Bethel and he goes down to Jericho as well. And each time he tells Elisha to stay, but Elisha refuses. He says what? As long as Elijah is alive, he would stick right there with him. You see, Elijah, in this, at least in this portion of the story, he represents Jesus about to go to heaven. Elisha represents us. 
And as they are walking, Elijah asks Elisha what he wants. Look at how Elisha responds. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. What does Elisha ask for? He asks for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Isn't that an amazing request? Isn't that what we call shamelessly asking? If Elijah has what, I mean, if, if the spirit that is in Elijah is enough to get him to heaven, shouldn't we just simply ask for the same amount, right? But no, Elisha, pardon me, I get all the names mixed up. I'm sure many of us do this. It's so closely related, right? But, but Elisha, what does he do? He asks for a double portion, a double portion of the Holy Spirit. And so what does Elijah reply? 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 10. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken up from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. What does Elijah say? He says that if you see me when I go up to heaven, then your request will be granted. Now, if you are Elisha, what would you do from now on? I would never let Elijah out of my sight, not even for a moment. Everywhere Elijah goes, I would go. Everywhere. You just go to the toilet, I'll be standing outside. You know, it doesn't matter where he goes. Just go. Just make sure you don't lose sight of Elijah. What does this mean, friends? What does that mean for us today? You see, we have to keep Jesus near us every single minute of our life. Never let him out of our sight. And if we can do that, Jesus will give us not just the spirit that he had, but he'll give us a double portion of what he had. You know, friends, that is so amazing, isn't it? But the fact is that so many of us, we let go. We lose sight of Jesus. And so let's not put so much focus on earthly things today. Let's make sure we never let Jesus out of our sight. Let's learn to pray. Learn to keep His Word before us constantly. Remind ourselves to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus at all times. Let's learn to put God in front of us every hour. Let's ask that we can be like Jesus. It's not that we are doing bad things. But you see, in the midst of all that we do, do we remember Jesus? And friends, unless we learn to pray shamelessly today and consistently for the Holy Spirit, He will never be poured out upon us. And Jesus can never come again. So we got to learn to pray. It's so simple, right? But it's so difficult for so many of us because sometimes we feel like there's no progress with our prayers, isn't it? Isn't it? But we need to endure. Even though we've been praying this prayer for weeks and months and years, we still got to shamelessly ask. We must until Jesus gives it to us. And we got to only ask for something 
only God can do. Ask for something big. Don't ask for the little things that we, we can just pray for all the time. Oh, I lost my keys. and Oh, yes, thank you, God, for finding it. But not just something for ourselves personally. Let's learn to shamelessly ask for a double portion of the Holy Spirit. For is anything too hard for God to do today? Absolutely not. He's waiting for us to ask the big things from Him. He's waiting for us to ask so that we can be a blessing to other people. He's waiting for us to ask so that we can preach the gospel to the whole world, something that seems well nigh impossible even here in Malaysia where so many people are Muslim. Let's ask. Let's pray. Let's not be shy. Let's not be afraid. And we'll see how God will pour out His Spirit not just on others around us, but upon us and give us so many of the spiritual blessings that He desires to give us today. So friends, let's learn to shamelessly ask God today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you give us this story even about Elijah and Elisha at the end there, how he asked for so much from Elijah. And Lord, you granted it to him. You desire to give us good things today. You desire to give us spiritual blessings. But the only reason why you don't is because we are not asking. It's not because you are unwilling, Lord. You're waiting to pour out those blessings upon us. But we just got caught up with the world. We got caught up with our own lives. Lord, forgive us. And today I pray that you'd help us to open our eyes. Help us to, to, to take that focus away from the world and to focus it on Jesus. Lord, please be with my brothers and sisters. Guide us to this end, Lord, that we might not be the reason for the delay of your second coming. Lord, please help us to shamelessly ask until we receive it today. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.com dot org.